1: and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
0: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
1: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. State of the Union. Do a little recap on that. Trump and Heavy D are spatting. Julie Kelly is here. Josh Hammer is here. It's going to be a fun night on I'm Right. We made it. You made it. I made it. Reach back and pat yourself on the back right now. We survived the State of the Union. It's always kind of boring, isn't it? And kind of frustrating. You sit and you watch, and they lie. And they lie, and they lie, and they lie, and they have the bully pulpit to lie. In general, there's not even very much debate, although last night there was some, which was odd. But before we get to Joe Biden and the lies and everything else and the story from last night, let's focus on what was most important last night. Me. You see, if you tuned in to the first to watch the State of the Union, as you should, you would have gotten to enjoy Kelly Cam like many did.
4: When in the competition should unite all of us? We face serious challenges across the world.
1: Or well, your child
4: gets deadly ill. Or something happened to you. Bop it. What are you going to have, in money to Bop pay for it. those medical bills? Are you're going to have to sell high the house score. or try to get a second mortgage on it? I get it. I get it. Restoring the dignity of work means making education and affordable tickets to the middle class. You know, when we made public education, the children who go to preschool are nearly 50% more likely to finish high school and go on to earn a two- or four-year degree, no matter their background they came from. Passing the most sweeping gun safety law in three decades. That the majority of responsible gun owners already support. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? Would we stand for the right of people oh, to live free of security? Yeah. Would we stand for the defense of democracy?
1: I'm glad you enjoyed. We certainly did here. All right, all right, back to what are the stories from last night? One of the more interesting moments that's getting a little bit of play out there was, well, Doug. Who is Doug? Doug is Dome's husband. What's that make him? The second man? I don't know. It's really weird. It's, it's, I'm still coming around on this first man, second man, whatever he is. He's Vice President Dome's husband. And he was hanging out with the real president, Jill Biden, last night, the foremost elder abuser in the country. And man alive, I got to tell you, uh, there's been all these rumors about tensions between Joe Biden and Dome and how Joe doesn't like Dome and Jill doesn't like Dome. And I, I'm glad these two could come together. Look, I'm not going to make a big thing of it. I'm going to be the end of the world. But how much odd do we have to see from these people before we accept that maybe there's something more there than them just being a little off? And I'm talking about all these politicians, all these D.C. swamp types. Joe Biden's history is uh, <clears throat> checkered, to put it mildly. Joe Biden and Joe Biden's history is... Odd. My goodness, we're not even going to go into Dome's history because it's a kid's show. We can't even talk about her escapades. Now, the smoochy smooching on the lips. We have a really gross government, fully gross people. Eh, probably just going to go ahead and leave it at that. All right, let's get on to the, the real thing. What did you hear? What didn't you hear last night? Well, here's the problem for Joe Biden. Joe Biden has nothing he can brag about. That's just the real truth. He has nothing he can brag about. And honestly, this is his own fault. He surrounded himself with communists. He himself is a weapons grade corrupt idiot, and he's allowed him, his whole administration to be taken over by these nutballs. And so they've taken over, and communists have done what communists do. They've destroyed everything they could find from the border to energy, to you name it, they've destroyed it. The value of the dollar, they've waged a war against all these things, the things you rely on. And it's been a very, very successful war. Well, if you're president of the United States of America and your approval numbers are in the tank and you get all the numbers about inflation and people living paycheck to paycheck and no one's happy with you at all. At this point, Joe Biden's staring at poll numbers from Democrats who don't want him to run again. So what are you going to do? You got to do something for an hour. Look, you got to give the speech. What are you going to do? Joe Biden's going to do what Joe Biden did. He's going to lie. He's going to throw mud and he's going to lie. The Medicare social security lie? This might be this might be a first in history and this is what I mean by this. Joe Biden as we've talked about a lot on this show, is the biggest liar in the history of the presidency. And I say that again, as somebody who knows that every president lies. Republicans, Democrats, they all lie. They all lie all the time. I'm not naive, I know that. Joe Biden tells these huge lies, easily verifiable lies, and he'll not only say them, he'll say them over and over again. Like, yeah, that's good. His own staffers have come to him and said, hey, can you stop saying that that people couldn't own a cannon when the Second Amendment was, was ratified because that's, that's not true and that's very easy to verify. Could you stop saying it? But he won't, he just keeps going because he's a complete sociopath. And so last night was interesting to me because Joe Biden told a huge lie about Medicare and Social Security and even he seemed a little uncomfortable saying it.
4: Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans, want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. I tell you, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means that If Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks.
1: Weird, right? And I did see some hand-wringing today about Republican conduct during the State of the Union. Oh my goodness, why were they so mean? Why aren't they respectful? This is what it is now. This is what our country is now, and I, for one, am here for it. Democrats want to behave like tiny children. Nancy Pelosi ripping up the State of the Union, all of them screaming and yelling, wearing white, the whole thing. You remember all these things when Donald Trump was president. Don't expect decorum now from the new right. The low TGOP would have got there and sat on their hands, and well, we have to respect the office of the presidency. Those days are gone. You want to act like little children, you get treated like little children. Let's play these games. And look, Joe, Joe wasn't doing well mentally. Does Joe have dementia? I don't know. Is it Alzheimer's? Is he just senile? I don't know. I'm, I haven't diagnosed him. I don't know that anybody has, nor am I qualified to do so. But I'm also somebody with eyes. In years, Joe Biden is not fit to be president of the United States of America, He's not mentally fit. And that has nothing to do with his politics. He Can't do the job. We're on the precipice of potential World War three, China, maybe Russia, the commander in chief can't do the job. He can't do it. And so what do they do on these nights? Well, they do something to him, whatever that may be, to get him geared up because he has to speak for an hour after dark. And we all know he's been sundowning by then. So what happens is Joe gets all hopped up on something. And it messes him up because his mind doesn't work that well anyway. But then he starts not his words and forgetting where he was, and well, here he is.
4: And congratulations to Chuck Schumer, another, uh, you know, another term as Senate Minority Leader. Uh if you try anything to raise the cost of receiving jobs, I will veto it. Raise the cost of presidium jobs, I will veto it. Let's commit ourselves to make the words of Tyler's mom true. Car prices went up. People got laid off. So did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. The United States of America, 13th in the world in infrastructure, modern infrastructure.
1: (laughs) All right. And beyond the speech, I know I'm not supposed to make a big deal out of this. I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I'm sorry. Anyone who's worked around or been around or done any volunteer work or anything with people who are struggling with things like dementia and Alzheimer's They know that walk. Mr. Producer, if you don't mind, would you play that again a couple times for me just so everyone can see it? I know it's just a little five-second video. Look at how that human being walks. You know that gate. If you know, you know. You nurses who work around these people, you know that gate. Joe Biden has something significant wrong with his mind. It's actually sad. I'm, not, I'm really not making fun of him for it. It's sad. It's a terrible thing. It's probably visited your family in one way or another, God forbid, but it probably has. But he can't be president of the United States of America. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We have the great Josh Hammer is going to join us next. We're going to talk about the latest Trump and heavy D spat. Talk a little bit about the State of the Union. It's such a fun show. Wait, wait till you see what Julie Kelly has to say a little later on in the show before we get to any of that Let's talk about the sagging T-levels. It's not just your boobs that are sagging, fellas. It's your T-levels. 50%. Testosterone levels down 5-0. 50% in the last 50 years. That's a big deal. That's the end of a nation if it doesn't turn around. If we are going to turn into a nation of low-T weenies, we're not going to make it. Chalk, the anti-communists, my friends at Chalk, They're trying to change it naturally, not more big pharma stuff. Naturally, go see their supplements, natural herbal supplements, whatever your ailments are. Maybe you have low T, Maybe your lungs are bad. Maybe look, go see what they have. They're offering 35% off every subscription, which you can cancel anytime, by the way, 35% off at chalk.com with the promo code Jesse. Go see what they have. Put away the pill bottle. Natural herbal supplements. Chalk.com, promo code Jesse. We'll be back.
0: Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
4: We face serious challenges across the world, but in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name
1: me one. Name me one. Still so not quite sure what he was saying. Who changed places with. Joining me now, my friend Josh Hammer, the opinion editor at Newsweek, host of the Josh Hammer Show, which I'm very proud to say is growing and growing well. Good for you, my friend. I am proud of you. Josh, changed places with. Xi Jinping. Now, you know I'm stupid, Josh. We've known each other a long time. We've broken bread together. Can you explain that to me from someone with an education?
5: <laughs> uh, Jesse, you know what? I- I'm speaking here. I'm on the road this week. I'm in Chicago for a bunch of speaking engagements. I, I have to say, I actually missed all but the last 20 minutes or so of Joe Biden's of union last night. I didn't want to tell you beforehand in case you would cancel on me, but what I saw <laughs> was more than <laughs> enough What I saw was more than enough to get the gist as, as to how this thing went down. I mean, when I heard Joe Biden try to say towards the end of that speech that he was tough on China, he tried to do the whole, oh, I'm tough on China thing. China's not scared of me. Xi Jinping's not scared of me. We just let a surveillance spy balloon, I mean, really a UFO, an unidentified flying object, we let that thing cross the entire North American continent from Alaska to Montana to Kansas to South Carolina. I mean, what an astounding display of weakness. Absolutely shocking. So for him to have the gall, and you know, a lot of folks on our side of the aisle, Jesse, I've seen a lot of kind of takes today saying that Joe Biden was trying to sound America first, buy American, let's bring manufacturing back. I agree with all of that. I very much am kind of a let's kind of bring supply chains, manufacturing back home kind of guy here here's the key point and it relates to China. That's why I'm bringing it up. Joe Biden was the man in 2001 when he was a senator from Delaware who single-handedly did more than anyone else to get China to join the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And China's ascension to the WTO single-handedly did more than any other event probably over the past 30, 40 years to get American manufacturing, American jobs out of the American heartlands, out of the Rust Belt over there. So he is smoking some serious crap when it comes to this issue. But, you know, I guess Hunter Biden probably has a large dash of that, I
1: guess. (laughs) Gosh, you probably. Okay, Josh, the GOP response, if you only caught the last 20 minutes of the speech, I doubt you saw very much of Sarah Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas. Here's a little snippet of it.
2: President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander in chief. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace, but we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day, we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols all while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most american thing there is your freedom of speech that's not normal it's crazy and it's wrong
1: josh i don't know that i ever take much stock in rebuttals gop or democrat rebuttals thought you did pretty well i'm hopeful we might have somebody here
5: so unlike the State of the Union, I actually didn't make it home in time to catch all of Sarah Huckabee Sanders' response. I thought it was very compelling. I thought she did a very good job. It actually, I mean, most of the time, these State of the Union responses are not particularly memorable. We all remember Marco Rubio with the water bottle, Bobby Jindal, when he was a rising star. He kind of infamously flubbed his State of the Union response. So these responses, <laughs> t- typically speaking, these are actually very dangerous. It's very possible that you will mess it up more often than we'll actually increase your stature. But I thought this was the exception rather than the rule. I thought if anything Sarah Huckabee Sanders comes away from this a much more kind of reputable figure. And I was already predisposed to like her. I've met her. She comes across as charming. She's informed on the issues. She's off to a great start there in Little Rock and the governor's mansion. She was very good. I mean, she was exceptionally well-spoken. And, you know, she said one thing in that clip that you just showed the, the viewers here. She spoke of false idols. I love this term. That is a wonderful, wonderful term that I wish more conservatives, more less Republicans would talk about. The left has so many false idols. They make false idols out of people like the great martyr, the St. George Floyd himself. He's a martyr. He's a, he's an avatar, of false idol for Black Lives Matter. There are any number of other false idols, so-called Leah Thomas, when it comes to the transgender swimming issue. They have false idols on all of these woke intersectional identity politics coalitions. So if we can kind of frame this broader kind of cultural, civilizational struggle, as Sarah Huckabee Sanders framed it between normalcy and sanity, because that really is, frankly, the choice that is before the American voters at this point. If we can frame it as authentic kind of, you know, religion, kind of authentic kind of Americanism versus false idols, that's a very good framing. I think she's on to something
1: there. Josh, oftentimes you can tell some things by what people don't say. And I'll be honest with you, this didn't stand out to me. I watched her whole speech as well. But the Trump people certainly picked up on this. She didn't use his name last night, even brought up some things that she had done with him and abstained from using his name. Now, politicians like that don't do things like that on accident. The Trump people are a little peeved about it today. What do you say?
5: I'll be honest with you, I also did not notice that. Uh, You know, you telling me this right now is the first time that, that I'm hearing that. I don't know. I mean, I honestly would not make a whole ton of that, to be honest with you. I mean, I suppose it's intentional here, but look, the reality is that, you know, there's gonna be a competitive primary when it comes to the Republican presidential field in 2024. You know, uh, Ron DeSantis has not announced yet, but all indications are that he probably will. There's uh, you know, Nikki Haley, apparently. Uh, I don't think she's going to win, but she's going to get in here soon. John Bolton, who's obviously also not going to win, kind of sort of announced. So there's gonna be a big field here is the point. And, you know, I think it would be silly, frankly, for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to try to kind of tip her hand as to who she may or may not be supporting. Look, she is the youngest governor in the country, as she told America last night during her response. She is young. She is hungry. She's ambitious. She's gotten in there in Little Rock. She's passing all sorts of good legislation. She was able to kind of tick off some of the boxes last night. Let her focus on the job that she is trying to do. And there's no reason to kind of play the whole kind of presidential politics thing. She was very good, by the way, as White House press secretary. I thought she did a great job in that role clearly it helped kind of elevate her stature to allow her to kind of run for governor so to that extent i think that she should be grateful obviously to president trump and everyone who kind of helped her get that role in which she thrived but this general idea that anyone who served in the trump administration kind of owes a lifelong kind of vow of loyalty where you will always mention the former boss's name at every opportunity that's just silly there's no other way to say it that's frankly just silly
1: Trump obviously had some social media posts that were making the rounds yesterday. Just toss a little mud at Heavy D. That's what people do in the primary. Ron DeSantis came out today and did what he's been doing and basically just said, look at the scoreboard. Here it is.
0: And I'd also just say this. I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. That's how I spend my time. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans.
1: Uh, Josh, it's obviously to anybody with an IQ above a potato, what's going on? Trump is trying to drag DeSantis into the mud because Trump's a brawler and that's where he prefers to fight. DeSantis is going to ignore him very clearly as long as possible and point at the scoreboard. The question is, who's that working better for?
5: I mean, as of right now, I think that Donald Trump is losing a shadow primary to someone who has not even entered the presidential field yet. I mean, this is, this is very, very icky behavior, but you're right, Jesse. I mean, it is a bit of a throwback to 2016. I mean, full disclosure, You know, I was not a day one Trump supporter in 2016. I was a Ted Cruz guy in that primary, and I remember all too well I think it was March of 2016, if I'm not mistaken, or at least it was right around that time, you know, when Donald Trump and Roger Stone had the whole kind of National Enquirer thing with Heidi Cruz, Ted Cruz's wife. You know, it was all very kind of sordid stuff. And, you know, you're right that this is the terrain on which Trump prefers to fight. But here is the wager that I think Donald Trump, or at least his kind of inner inner circle and Mar-a-Lago and MAGA world, what they're making right now. The, the implicit wager that they seem to be making is that it is that sort of, you know, knockout ten round fight, you know, knock him up above the head, very kind of dirty, kind of in the mud stuff. They are betting that that actually is maybe why Trump won the primary and perhaps ultimately the general election in twenty sixteen. I view it very differently. I think that Donald Trump won that primary and won that election twenty sixteen partially because he's obviously a universal celebrity. The Trump name is kind of, I, you know, it's interchangeable from the from Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. It's, it's a universally globally recognized name. But he also substantively brought a lot of very important issues to the table. He talked about China. He talked about the border immigration. He talked about trade in a fundamentally different way than any other candidate on either the right or the left was talking about it. So if I were advising Trump, which I'm obviously not, but if I were advising Trump right now, I would encourage him to focus more on those issues. What are you going to do if you actually are the president? This is such a waste, frankly, Jesse, of everyone's time. But I guess they think that this is how they won it the last time. So they're trying to kind of get the band back together, so to speak. But like I said, I I think that right now, Ron DeSantis is winning this shadow primary, which is pretty good concerning he has not even entered the field yet.
1: Josh Hammer of The Josh Hammer Show. Be good, man. Enjoy Chicago. Get a Polish sausage.
5: (laughs) All right, you too, Jesse. Talk soon.
1: I love Polish sausage. Chicago has some of the best Polish sausage sandwiches I've ever had. I need to get back to Chicago. Anyway, we're not done yet. We have more. A lot more. But first, let's discuss that Polish sausage. Because once you eat it, you're going to be tired, right? It's a gut bomb. It is. It's good for you, but it's a gut bomb. You need to go lay down. Now, the question is after you inhale your Polish sausage sandwich, are you gonna go lay down on a crappy bed that's made in China? Or are you gonna go lay down on a ghost bed, which is a family company and it's American made and it's also the best freaking mattress ever? You're gonna lay down on a ghost bed, especially now, because they're 30% off. 40% off if you choose to get the adjustable base with it. Get the adjustable base. You will thank me for it. Go to ghostbed.com slash jesse. Promo code jesse gets you 40% off the mattress when you combine it with the adjustable base. There's your sweet deal. Go sleep off that poor sausage. We'll be back.
4: Let's end cancer as we know it. Cure some cancers once and for all. Folks, there's one reason why we've been able to do all of these things our democracy itself. It's the most fundamental thing of all. With democracy, everything's possible. Without it, nothing is. For the last few years, our democracy has been threatened and attacked, put at risk, put to the test in this very room on January the 6th. And then just a few months ago, an unhinged Big lie, assail and unleashed the political violence, the home of the then speaker of the House of Representatives. Using the very same language the insurrectionists used as they stalked these halls and chanted on January 6th.
1: Wasn't that so weird? We're gonna cure cancer, but January 6th sucks and also Paul's here. Joining me now, she's gonna update us on a few things. My friend, Julie Kelly, author of the book, January 6th. I wonder if she has a cancer section in there. Julie, (laughs) do you have a cancer section in your books? Apparently those two things are kind of like linked.
6: I see that. Well, you know, when they're programmed, everything default is January 6th. It doesn't matter what the topic is. But to your point, Jesse, my next follow-up book, I definitely will make that connection. January 6th caused cancer, something like that.
1: All right. all right. In all seriousness, what, everyone looks at these things through their own lens, from their own perspective. I have things that stood out to me. What stood out to you when you watched last night?
6: Well, I mean, aside from the fact, it's very difficult to understand what Joe Biden is trying to say. Uh, you know, he's like the guy at the bar who won't leave and orders, you know, two drinks at last call and then slurs his way through his latest epiphanies, what he thinks of the world. Um, but I did, uh, you know, to his point about January sixth, they keep fixating on this issue and comparing it to the worst attacks since the Civil War, et cetera. Um, and so I, I'm always humored to watch Joe Biden talk about that, especially when you have Attorney General Merrick Garland right in front of him the man who's doing his dirty work at the Justice Department, and Jesse now closing in on 1,000 total criminal defendants for the events of January 6th, mostly for trespassing. But I am glad somehow our democracy survived the QAnon shaman going into the (coughs) Capitol saying a prayer with those guys with the Trump flags. I mean, we barely survived.
1: Julie, what's interesting about the whole January 6th thing is we're always told that it's this insurrection that almost ended America and all these other things, but they won't show us so much. In fact, it seems like they're covering things up and withholding things from us. And if I had a bunch of videotape and other stuff that would reveal this dangerous insurrection, I would want to show that to everybody. You have a great piece up right now at American Greatness. What's going on?
6: Well, what I argue, Jesse, is that they we don't know about as much about January 6th as we do know. And the concealment of evidence, not just the 14,000 hours of surveillance video, body cam footage, and what I write about in there, the FBI. The FBI only produced 2,000 pages to the January 6th committee. Consider that Mark Meadows, who had nothing to do with January 6th, uh, turned over about 7,000 pages of evidence. The Secret Service gave a million pages of, of records. To the January 6th committee, the FBI came up with 2,000. I can only imagine how heavily redacted that information is. But what was really revealing this week, Jesse, is reading through uh, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and what he did before January 6th. You know, you know this. These people in the military are forbidden from becoming involved in domestic law enforcement surveillance, but that's precisely what he was doing. And then Jesse, after January 6th, he collected all of the materials related to whatever he and his staff were doing and highly classified it at top secret uh, levels and put it on a secure system for the government that no one can access. Now, why is that? If this was the worst attack on our democracy comparable to 9-11, the American people should be able to see everything, but they keep concealing all of this from the public. And this is where House Republicans, of course, have to step in and wedge and do whatever they can to get that video and all these records and show it to the people. So we see exactly what happened.
1: These people, just a heads up for everybody watching. Obviously, Julie knows this. That's what we call overclassification. That's when government officials have something that they don't want you to see. And it's not top secret, but instead you just slap that top secret stamp on there and now you don't get to see it after all, it's classified. This is how they cover up their crimes and have been covering up their crimes for quite some time in this country. Julie, another thing you cover, which I love because our political prisoners of January 6th have been put upon, is the theater, the political theater, the ridiculous political theater that is still going on in these courtrooms. Talk about it.
6: You know, Jesse, I call it theater of the absurd. These trials in every single hearing should also be made public uh, when this first started they had public access lines so I could listen in to what is going on these judges are so rogue they are so partisan they are so they have nothing but contempt for these Trump supporters. Um, but yet most of the media, nearly none of the media is covering what's happening in these courtrooms. And every time I go there, I am shocked at what I hear judges say. I'm shocked at the sentences that they're handing down for nonviolent uh, you know, misdemeanor people who trespassed or allegedly trespassed. And then the evidence that the government is producing in these high level cases, which in the case of the seditious conspiracy trial for the Proud Boys, Um, is a bunch of parlor posts and challenge coins that the group produced and handed (laughs) out to its members. This is a laughing stock, except that people's lives are being destroyed. And the fact that these trials are being held in secret, which is what's happening, uh, is why these judges and the DOJ can get away with what they're getting away with there.
1: Parlor posts and challenge coins. Look, I don't mean to laugh because as you pointed out, these are people's lives that are being ruined. Real people, real patriots, but that's this country. All right, you know what? We're switching gears really quickly. The House, speaking of political theater, dragged some current and former Twitter executives in front of them today. Here's some highlights.
5: In 2020, Twitter noticed activity related to the laptop that at first glance bore a lot of similarities to the 2016 Russian hack and leak operation targeting the DNC, and we had to decide what to do. And in that moment, with limited <laughs> information, Twitter made a mistake.
2: Are you familiar
6: with the account libs of TikTok?
5: Yes, ma'am, I am.
6: And this account is still on that platform today, isn't it?
5: Regrettably, yes, it is. You said you didn't talk with the FBI that day. Did you talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to then or after that day?
0: I. Um...
5: I'm trying to make sure I can
0: answer this question consistent with the restrictions that I talked about in my opening Simple statement. Simple question. Did you yeah. talked
5: to the FBI about the
0: Hunter Biden story. I do. To the best of my recollection, I did not talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden story uh, before that day.
5: Did you talked to him after it. You said your, your, don't your, response th- real, your response is real specific to the chairman. You said, I did not talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden laptop story that day. I assume that day is October 14th. I want to know if you talked to him on the 13th or before or if you talked to him on the 15th and after. I don't recall
0: speaking to the FBI sitting here today. I don't recall speaking to the FBI at all about
6: the Hunter Biden matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, Julie, he doesn't recall.
6: Mm-hmm. Right. So let's remind everyone who Jim Baker is. He was the general counsel for the FBI during FISA He He uh, handled the now that we know illegal illicit visa application against Carter Page, which was by extension surveillance of the Trump campaign. He also was testified at the trial of Michael Sussman. The idea that Jim Baker was not in communications with the FBI or anyone in the Biden campaign or any Democratic party operative just defies his own history. He was working with Michael Sussman, who was an attorney for Perkins Cooley the official law firm representing the Clinton campaign and the DNC in 2016, as Sussman was trying to get the FBI's imprimatur on the alleged DNC Russian hack of the DNC email system. He is nothing more than a conduit between the FBI, Big Tech, and the Democratic Party. Jim Baker should be in jail. He should not be testifying before Congress. And Jesse, what an unimpressive bunch of people. I mean, they would not be hired (laughs) Would you hire any of those people to do a thing? They were hired because they're stooges, they're partisans, and they took their marching orders from Jack Dorsey uh, and uh, the Democratic Party interests. That's why they got those jobs. And thank you, Elon Musk, for firing them.
1: No, I wouldn't hire them because we don't hire communists here at the first. Julie Kelly, (laughs) thank you so much. I appreciate you.
6: You too, Jesse. Thanks.
1: All right. There was an insurrection, though. Oh, my goodness. It almost ended democracy. It was in Oklahoma. Maybe you didn't hear about it. We're going to talk about that next. Before we get to that, let's talk about the timeshare you're stuck in that you don't have to be. I know. I know you want out. I understand. you have a timeshare. You're paying the annual fees. You're paying the special assessments. You want out. They tell you you can't get out. I know. I hear it all the time. I get these emails all the time. Listen to me. You are one phone call away from freedom. One. You don't think you are. They've convinced you. You're, you're hopeless. You're stuck for life. But you are not. If you call Lone Star Transfer, they will get you out. They guarantee it. In writing, they even give you a time frame. You want to talk about calling your shot? They're going to get you out. 844-310-2646. No more hand-wringing. No more annual fees. No more special assessments. 844 844- 310 Three one zero two six four six. Call Lone Star Transfer. We'll be back. Trans Lives Matter. And I don't know what that looked like. That looked like a government building. Was there an insurrection yesterday? Well, let's ask Nathan about it. Joining me now, Oklahoma State Senator, one of the good ones in this country, Nathan Dom. Okay, Nathan, what am I looking at there? Was that a dangerous insurrection that almost ended America?
3: Well, I know some were calling it a transurrection. Um, It certainly wasn't (laughs) anything
1: like
3: insurrection of January 6th. Um, I, you know, I I suspect there might have been some feds there, uh, not necessarily undercover Jesse, but just there because, you know, there's feds that are actively trying to bring down our country, just like these trans activists. So I don't know who all was, was there, but um, it was uh, very disheartening to see so many people there. Um, and while they were chanting, you know, trans lives matter. Uh, yes, all lives matter. But uh, the reality is to see so many people there uh, bringing their kids there and actively uh, promoting this uh, sterilization of children. Talking about, you know, cutting off the breasts of young girls, um, the you know, removing the, the genitals of boys and girls. I, this is just it, it's it wasn't just uh, despicable. In many ways, in many ways, this stuff seems demonic what they're trying to do and trying to promote. They have a right to free speech, sure, but um, you know I have a responsibility as a government official to protect those innocent children that they are trying to uh,
1: mutilate and harm. Uh, it's, uh. it's hard to call it anything but demonic. Governor, your governor, Kevin Stitt, well, here he is. We must protect our most vulnerable, our children. After all,
4: minors can't vote, can't purchase alcohol, can't purchase cigarettes, we shouldn't allow a minor to get a permanent gender-altering surgery in Oklahoma. That's why I'm calling for the legislature to send me a bill that bans all gender transition surgeries and hormone therapies on
1: minors in the state of Oklahoma. Okay, Nathan? That's good. I'm glad a red state like Oklahoma is moving forward. I am a little bit surprised there are that many nutballs who would get angry about such an obvious thing to do and occupy the Capitol. What's going on in Oklahoma?
3: Um, well, I'm I'm thankful that our governor is lending his voice to this and and calling this out. Uh, for three years, I've actually had legislation that would ban the genital mutilation of children, that would ban uh, the transitioning of children with chemicals or surgeries, and Republican Senate leadership has stopped those bills for three years. It wasn't until this last fall. Uh, when they started doling out the federal funds that had come into the state and they were going to be giving $80 million to the OU Children's Hospital. And it came to light that OU Children's Hospital was already starting to do this. They were already uh, supporting the, the chemical uh, transitioning. Uh, they were already doing the quote-unquote top surgeries, removing you know the healthy breasts from young girls. Uh, they were already working towards this and, and implementing this, That all of a sudden it came to the public light that Senate leadership acknowledged, okay, we need to do something about this now. And let me be, let me be very clear. I mean, this is Mitch McConnell style tactics. Uh, They aren't necessarily opposed to the fact that this is happening in Oklahoma. Uh, More than anything, they're opposed that it became public, and now they're being forced to acknowledge it and deal with it. So I'm thankful that Governor Stitt is calling on the legislature to finally uh, stop this madness, stop this craziness. I've been fighting it for three years, and I'm very hopeful that we will get something done. Senate leadership has told us that, yes, we will pass a bill this year to ban it. They've given us their word.
1: Uh, We'll see what their word is worth in this instance. I hate that it's Republican leadership that's always stymieing these great bills of yours. You have other bills. What are the other bills that haven't quite made it into law yet, Nathan, and why haven't they made it into law?
3: Um, I'm working on several things. I mean, you know as well as I do, Jesse, that we can't rely on the feds. The feds are violating the Constitution, uh, violating mm-hmm. states and the states and, and rights of the individuals. Uh, so last year I had a bill that would um, not just create but fund the Oklahoma State Militia. Uh, just so that we would actually have protections here in the state of Oklahoma. And it was voted down in committee because uh, the majority of the Republicans voted against it. Only two or three Republicans actually voted yes, um, and most of the Republicans voted no on that. I've I've introduced that bill once again uh, because we need to understand that we're going to have to protect ourselves. We're going to have to stand up for ourselves. Uh, The feds are not the solution in many ways. They're the biggest problem. Uh, I've created a bill to have Oklahoma have its own state. Strategic petroleum reserve because we've seen Biden's policies attacking energy, draining the reserves. And you know, if the Oklahoma National Guard or if we had an Oklahoma State Guard, if we needed those, you know, some some petroleum to be able to support um, our troops and our military in that way, we can't rely on the feds to do that. Uh, so I'm trying in every way that I can to make sure that Oklahoma is as, as self-sufficient. Um, and independent as possible, that we're not relying on the feds, uh, acknowledging that the feds are actually working against us and, and in many ways trying to destroy our
1: country. Nathan, just finally, can you tell me, is it getting better? Meaning is the GOP in your state, these elected state legislatures, are they getting better or is it just as stale and lame as it was a couple of years ago with a few fighters in there?
3: I'm, I'm always honest, Jesse, especially with you. Uh, it's just as stale and lame as, as always. Uh, there's a few fighters. The things that uh, the politicians hate the most um, is their reputation being exposed, the mask being pulled off um, and people seeing what they really are. So that's why they hate people like me because I introduce legislation. In fact, I actually had a fellow Republican senator uh, recently. He said, he asked me, he said, he said, you know, Nathan, don't you ever feel bad about introducing legislation that puts us in a hard position, having to make a hard vote, you know, that puts <laughs> us in- <laughs> What did you run for office for? Did you really think you'd never have to take a hard position? Um, so there, there are some strong fighters um, I believe that the fighters are becoming more vocal thankfully we have a great governor here in Oklahoma who is a true conservative who is vocal so he's helping uh, to lead the charge in, in a lot of these things uh, but um, I, I, I will never lose hope I believe there's always a remnant, Jesse uh, of those that, uh, that are willing to fight I appreciate your voice in that I'm going to keep in the fight too but it can be disheartening sometimes, yes
1: Keep after him, man, we're with you Nathan, I appreciate you Thank you, Jesse all right, that sucks. It's just a stale and lame. That sucks. You know what we need? We need Light in the mood. We'll get you a light in the mood in a second. Until then, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look down, all right? I want you to look down at the crappy belt you're currently wearing. And now I want you to look back at me. Now look back at me. You can do better. You're better than this, all right? Grip six. Has the greatest, most comfortable, fully adjustable. It's not little notches on there. The greatest, most comfortable belts ever, and they got them 20% off right now. You already know about the wallets, the cool wallets that lock in your credit cards. I love mine. They have socks. They're socks. They they like massage my feet when I walk around. Grip6.com, promo code Jesse, 20% off. Go get you some good swag, man. Grip6.com, promo code Jesse. By the way, ladies, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah, he wants you to cook for him. He also wants a little gift. You think maybe a great wallet or belt would be something he'd enjoy? GRIP6.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And before we get to the hard-hiddling, hard hittling, hard, hard hittling. Hard-hitting journalism question I had for Chip Roy last night. Let's get into this. Your Eden Pure thunderstorm, you should have more than one. Eden Pure knows this. They know you're fighting with allergies, and Eden Pure is busy fixing those, and it's busy killing the viruses and mold in the air, and just making you and your family overall healthier. They know that, and they know you need more than one, so they're providing a service: a buy one, get one free service. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, gets you buy one, get one free on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Go enjoy it. All right, here's me with Chip Roy and Scott Smith. Chip, I'm glad you brought up Anna Paulina Luna. She actually is, she's going to be part of our conversation on my show in the coming year as we put together our Jesse Kelly Show Bipartisan Hottest Women of Congress list. I just wanted your take, I've only only hung out with her one time, yours and Scott's if you don't mind. Are we dealing with the number one contender here? Look, from the outside looking in, I believe we are, but I don't want to unfairly judge without having been there. Is she number one?
0: So, you know, Jesse, here's the difference between me and you. I'm a member of Congress and I have to go get elected. You can say whatever you (laughs) want to say, however you want to say. Now, I will say this. I was very proud to sit next to my wonderful colleague, Anna Polina Luna, on the floor of the House tonight yeah. and, and share ideas and, and share our frustration with the President of the United States.
3: And uh, I'm not uh,
1: sure if you're talking about it, man, I that... can't... <laughs> <laughs> Scott, believe me, that's the best answer you could have given at that point in time. <clears throat> I'll see you tomorrow.
0: giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
1: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.
6: Moving to Minnesota opened
1: up a lot of doors for us.
2: Just this overall sense of community, the of values that you know Minnesotans have.
3: It's a real accepting loving community, especially with two
1: young kids
2: see what makes minnesota the star of the north new residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesotacom live
5: buenos dias world from the san diego zoo wildlife
0: alliance i'm marco wendt and i'm rick schwartz and we're your hosts for season three of amazing wildlife a show from iheart radio ruby studio and the global conservation organization behind the san diego zoo and the san diego zoo safari park Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the
1: species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.